Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, and most importantly, fangirling and freaking out. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. We're really excited. Okay, so today we're talking about the Gilded Age, and this premiered on HBO Max a little while ago, but we were kind of all consumed with Outlander because we did weekly updates on Outlander because that's what we care about the most, you guys. Other than Harry Potter, it's Outlander. I mean, I like my MCU. Yes, and MCU. So there was a lot of stuff that kind of, you know, Gilded Age is great. And because Downton Abbey movie has just come out on the 20th, we're kind of, we're getting into that sort of vibe right now. So I have some casting on this. Do it. Mother loving show. Right. Meow. Okay. So the Gilded Age stars Carrie Coon, Morgan Spector, Danae Menton, Louisa Jacobson, Tessa Farmiga, Blake Ritson, Simon Jones, Harry Richardson, Thomas Cockrell, Jack Gilpin, and Cynthia Nixon, and most importantly, Christine Baranski. Um, Okay, so the plot of this show, it's set in 1882 New York, and this is 30 years before the first we first see Downton Abbey, like when that storyline starts, because that was 1912 and this is 1882. So this is New York City. The Gilded Age was an era of rapid economic growth, which created a social divide between those in the upper echelons with inherited wealth and those from lower classes with new money, also known as nouveau riche. I really love the show. I was really curious how it was going to match up with Downton Abbey, but we'll get into that in the tea. I also really enjoyed it. It was my Downton Abbey fix. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that was the direction the show was going. It was just a brand new show. I think it what aired in January. Yeah. A little while ago. I saw this new show. I was curious about it and didn't have any expectations and was just pleasantly surprised with all of it. Oh, so I heard that they were writing the show and developing the show shortly after. I mean, there was rumors about it before the first Downton Abbey movie and then it was being developed. But what I had heard was that this was going to be Cora Crawley, like her story before she came to England. That's like the rumor that I heard. That would be really good. So when the show started and it was like revolving around these other characters, I was like, hmm. But I mean, it was never actually confirmed what the plot line would be, but who's to say that we won't end up seeing something like that? What if we see Cora Crawley in season two? That would be great. Before she goes to Downton. Like when she falls in love with- um, Yes. Robert. Robert. Oh, Robert. Right. (laughs) Like you can't, I cannot do Elizabeth McGovern's voice, but she's like, Robert, I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) Very breathy. breathy, I'm really excited to go see the Downton Abbey movie too. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. We are talking spoilers. We're talking about the show, the ins and outs of the Gilded Age. Who was your favorite character? Let's see if it's the same as mine. Oh, okay. It was a very close second. It was neck and neck for a while there. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Peggy Scott. Oh yeah. She's good. She was, she's kind. She's smart, career motivated. Don't get me wrong. I loved Marion. I really did. I loved Cynthia Nixon's character just because it's so different than from what we've seen her in, but Peggy for me stole the show. She was the most diverse character out of everybody in the cast. After a while, you get tired of the arguments that old, older white women have. Like, oh, your money's not good enough, even though it's the same currency. Money. Yeah. 
old money versus new money. I'm over that storyline. That's just another episode of Real Housewives in my book. Okay. Gilded Age edition. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but it was the time. I mean, that's specifically like what was going on, but it was nice to see that because there was, it was called like the black elite Mm -hmm. and Peggy Scott, her family was a part of that. It was really nice to see that aspect of things because so many times we see these shows and like the black experience is not there, even though it existed. Right. It's not highlighted at all. Yeah. It's just like Downton Abbey. There's nothing. And she's very well educated and she's been through the ringer. You want to be happy for Peggy. You want to see her succeed. <laughs> you know? and it was an interesting parallel because Marion's ignorance, like here she yeah. is living off of her aunt's money. Mm-hmm. And this was one of my favorite scenes where she goes and she's like, here's some old boots. And Peggy's like, why would you ever think I need old boots? Because Peggy is choosing to live with the Van Rines as a paid employee. Right. And here's Marion living off her aunt's money because she doesn't. It's like, and Marion was the one who needed charity in the beginning. Like, right. She got her personal and, and then Peggy's like, uh, okay, I got you. But still, even with that, Marion assumed in her ignorance that like, because Peggy was black, that she needed some old boots or she needed charity. Mm -hmm. And I just like love the look on her parents' face. They're like, it's like, what are you, what are you even thinking? It's just, you know, the audacity that, you know, white people have thinking that, you know, oh, poor you. It's like, no, I have more money than you actually. Right. And I'm probably more educated. (laughs) So that was my favorite scene. But back to my favorite character. Yes. Agnes Van Rijn gave me all of the Dowager Countess vibes. Like her her one-liners that she would say like, why don't we just go outside and roll around in the gutter? It'll save time. But I did love how much of an advocate she was for Peggy. Yes. She was just like, oh, you're good at writing? Great. You have great penmanship? Super. She saw Peggy for her skills of education. She was an asset. Okay. You know, she hired her based on her merit, Mm -hmm. you know, because she was qualified for the job. And that threw me for a loop because her character- Agnes's character was just way too bitter for my own liking. When you're around enough catty women growing up, you see this stereotype, but at the same time, you don't see catty women being as nice to other individuals just in general. So like Agnes being nice and accommodating to Peggy threw me off. I mean, Peggy had assets to offer, you know, and a great skill set, and had all these great things going for her, but I wasn't expecting Agnes to advocate for her at all. I did expect her to do that because the reason why Agnes married the late Mr. Van Ryn was to secure a future for herself and mm-hmm. her sister and to take care of her family because her brother left them high and dry. Right. So she sees this accomplished young woman and is like, I'm going to give her an opportunity because I had to marry an abusive man and live through that my whole life. Mm-hmm. And had I had some skill that I could have done, like she's giving her credit. Well, not so much credit, but like, it's like women empowerment. Yeah. I'm going to give you this opportunity. Like had her husband still been alive, he wouldn't have hired her as a secretary. Right. Would have found some guy or something, some white dude. And, but because, you know, she's the head of the household to be able to, you know, help another woman be mm-hmm. self-sufficient and not to have to rely on a man. Yeah. And I yeah. think it was, I just wasn't expecting the female empowerment, seeing the catty side of her. Yeah. I think it's just years of like building this wall, right. yeah. she's having to be tough, mm-hmm. especially in this. All she had was her name. Correct. Right? She didn't have the money until she married 
into the Van Ryn family, you know, under the tough exterior, she wants to protect and anyone who's seen Bridgerton, we know what a rake is. So when they introduce Mr. Rakes, we're like, okay, this is not going to end well. He's going to take advantage of Marion. Mm-hmm. And Agnes called it from the beginning. And Marion was just it kind of annoyed me how naive right. she was, but she was young. So I get it. I feel like Marion and Ada kind of got along more because they're a little more soft hearted. Yeah. It was very annoying how naive she was with Mr. Rakes because it was just so obvious. I'm like, come on, Larry Russell's over here across the street, looking like a snack. Can you just not? But she was like, Oh, I, he loves me. I I didn't find that believable the entire time. I was under the impression that there was room for change with Mr. Rakes. (laughs) I really was. And I was, don't get me wrong. Marion was very naive and everybody, maybe I'm too jaded for that. He can change. No, he can't. I mean, he came from Pennsylvania just for her. And then the upper East side society got to him, but I do think he came initially to New York for Marion. Well, he knew he, she was being sent off to the Van Rines and that they had money. I don't think he came for her. I think he came to try to, for exactly what he did come for to kind of move up. And hopefully he's like, oh, maybe she'll get money. And then I can be a part of that power trip the whole time. Oh yeah. So what was your favorite episode? I would say my favorite episode was episode eight, tucked away in Newport. Oh, I loved the fashion in Newport, like the black and white stripes and just everything was amazing. Yeah. It's like the OG Hamptons. Yes. Seeing the OG Hampton lifestyle, all the homes, the architecture, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. seeing Bertha navigate Newport just and be treated like a, you know, backdoor servant. It was (laughs) literally it was, you know, just really hard for her to take that all that in. She's like, I'm better than this. And to yeah. see how poorly she was treated. Don't get me wrong. Love Nathan Lane. We learn more about Peggy's story too. Backstory. Yeah. In that episode. And then that's the episode where Mr. Russell gets exonerated and you see everything happen so quickly. And I felt like, oh, a lot of these little problems are solved. Yeah. So episode eight was was one of my faves. How about you? Remember when we thought that we're like, was that the last episode? Because it was eight. <laughs> we're like, she just walks outside and it's over because it's like kind of weird that it was a nine episode season. Right. So we were, I remember us being really confused. Mine was episode seven, Irresistible Change. Okay. So as Peggy's relationship is growing with her like employer, then we see, you know, Mr. Rakes choosing this other girl and he's like sitting, like, I just loved how they made a spectacle of these electric lights lighting up this building for the very first time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of change was happening in that episode, but just that moment when they're all gathered around the upper class, they're all in their carriages eating like these extravagant dinners. Then everybody else is standing around, like whatever class you're in, this change is happening for everyone at this right. time. I was so very much in that moment and it seemed so real. Like, wow, what would that have been like? Yeah, that's history. To watch a building light up with electric lights for the very first time mm-hmm. that I just love that. It just gave me goosebumps. Even when Bertha was saying to Mr. McAllister, like we're a part of history. That was really cool. And that's kind of like this really quick, you know, turnover of economic change. You know, we have the trains running and the times were changing and it was almost oh, yeah. like this signal of like the lights are turned on. And now these new money people, if you don't get on board, basically you're going to end up getting left behind. Right. Yeah. Old money. Yeah. So love that episode. So how do 
you feel like it measured up to Downton Abbey? I think if you need a Downton Abbey fix, this is your show, hands down. Well, okay. So for me, it measured up to Downton Abbey in terms of like the costumes, the set design were incredible. I didn't find myself really connecting with the downstairs. Cause you know, like, oh, there's the upstairs yeah. and downstairs. So the servants, it's like they put their lives in there a little bit, but with Downton Abbey, it sucks you into the downstairs right away. And you were equally invested in both. Mm-hmm. And whenever the downstairs wasn't on screen, I completely forgot about them. Even the sneaky ladies maid who kept trying to sleep with Mr. Russell. I was like, Turner. Turner, I'm like, I don't even care about you. I just, yeah. you just get out of my face. Yeah. I just wasn't emotionally invested. So I'm hoping that they kind of pick that up with the servants, but there wasn't any sort of standout. I just didn't connect with it. So that's kind of what was missing for me. And that's where I differ. I think that was the biggest parallel. I thought it was the same principle applied to a different show. I want to say there was an episode where they highlighted the differences in the English style of serving versus the American style of serving yeah. between the head butlers and what's proper, what's improper. I think for me, I think that they highlighted the downstairs staff equally, whether it was the Van Ryans or the Russells. And I saw that similarity in Downton, but I don't know. I think there's another season for us to really get connected with the staff. Yeah. I mean, I do agree that they had like a good amount of screen time. I just didn't connect with any of them. Oh, like I liked church. I liked him. Okay. I I hated Turner. Yeah. Hated her. Yeah. There wasn't the same connection that I felt with Downton Abbey with the downstairs. Okay. Maybe that'll change. Yeah. Jack and the other girl. I felt a connection with Jack Armstrong. Also, you know, villainous ladies maid. Yeah. That was irritating, but mm-hmm. her character was supposed to be irritating. You were supposed oh, to be yeah. frustrated with her. So that's why I felt like these storylines are happening for the right reasons, but it's supposed to draw emotion. So. Yeah. I think too, like with Downton Abbey, Branson and Sybil, like their love story, like you're oh, immediately yeah. just, there's so many different things going on like they're the characters were equal mm-hmm. the upstairs and like if they weren't there it wouldn't be the same show like if they for me if they didn't show any of the servants I, I wouldn't have missed any part of the show it wasn't enough I think they need to do a little bit more there to get us to connect I think the Russells them. treated their staff better than the Van Ryans the respect that Downton had for their staff I felt was equal to what the Russells had for their staff even when Bertha was like Mm, you're not really cutting it. So we're going to get the guy from across the street and you can just like, I don't really care what you do while he's here. I don't know. I felt like she was very to the point when she got rid of Turner, but I mm-hmm. also felt the staff respected her decision-making. I mean, they respected the Russell family. They, you know, the staff had the utmost respect for them in general. They wanted to be there for the right reasons and do their job as, you know, the best way possible. It's like happy wife, happy life. I mean, the same, you know, principle applies to the staff. Like if you're not happy with your job, you leave. And everybody there wasn't just there because it was a paycheck. They were there because it was, you know, elite. This was new money. This was a great, you know, team. Yeah, to work they were for. excited about the opportunity yeah. for sure. Turner was just like the biggest bitter Betty in the history of ever. And I was like, get out of here. You don't want to be here. Go. They were like, Mr. Russell loves his wife. Right. Okay. Get a grip. What was your most unexpected moment? I had three. Okay, let's hear it. Learning the truth about Peggy's backstory with her son was heartbreaking. Yeah. That caught me off guard completely. The storyline with Mr. Russell and his stenographer in court. Oh yeah. That yes, that is one of mine. That caught me completely off guard. Bark notes version. 
of how Mr. Russell gets exonerated in court mm-hmm. is there's a huge train crash and his company built the train mm-hmm. and therefore he gets blamed for this accident. There's a huge investigation and he's being framed for all of this because apparently there is paperwork that shows that he gave the okay to use a bad axle on this train Mm-hmm. because it was more affordable when they, when everything comes up in court, he proves that he was framed and it was very coincidental, but Marion runs into his secretary, Mr. Russell's secretary at Bloomingdale's, his secretary leaves behind her purse and she's going by a different last name, Mrs. Dixon. And Mr. Dixon is the one who's framing Mr. Russell. So in a turn of events, they corner his stenographer who gets cornered by the defense and they find out her real last name is Mrs. Dixon because she's married to Mr. Dixon and she's using Mrs. Ainsley as her maiden name. It's a great episode. Great I did scene. not see it coming. No, not at all. Also, the other thing that caught me really off guard was how the hell did Oscar get John Adams? I love their dynamic. And like when he got jealous and now they're both trying to go after Gladys Russell. Yeah. And it's like this thing. He's just doing it because he's mad at his boyfriend for like, you know, it's like he has to marry a woman because back then, like you're not allowed to be gay. So like that dynamic between them. Big spoon, little spoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just... It's funny because they're like this whole other something is going on and like nobody really knows except for them. Um, That was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Now that we know that they're renewed for season two, I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping that we'll see Peggy find her son. Yes. And also Marion and Larry's love story. I would really like to see that progress, please. Because they're both just so sweet and tenderhearted. Like, Mm -hmm. Larry Russell is just such a sweetheart and mm-hmm. I've seen him in Poldark and he's been in a couple other like masterpiece classic shows. And I just, his face, I'm like, mm, we're so cute. He's he has a baby face. He yes. does not age. Youth is on his side. It's like, you know, he was like taken from the same pool that probably Harry Styles I was taken to- from. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot that he was in Poldark, but now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. He was a sweetie in that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What are you looking forward to for season two? For sure, the Larry and Marion storyline. Mm-hmm. But I think that would just kill uh, Agnes. It would for really sure. force Agnes's hand. And I was like, oh, I'm here just for that aspect of the story. But I also don't think Oscar and Turner's storyline is done yet. I don't think they're going to write her completely out just yet. I think she's going to be intel for another household and bring, maybe bring the Crawleys in. I don't know. I wonder if we're going to see George Russell crack. Like, is Bertha going to push him to the point where he's like, okay, I can't deal with this woman. And he does have an affair at some point, but it's not oh. Turner. It's someone else who's like maybe polar opposite to Bertha because Turner, she wants to move up in the ranks too, mm-hmm. just like Bertha. So they're similar in that way. So is he going to go for maybe somebody who's completely opposite? I don't know, but I can see an affair happening with him. Okay. For sure. I don't know. It was just kind of painful to watch Bertha like not be accepted by the Upper East Side echelon of old money. And seeing her try so hard to be accepted. And I don't know. Yeah. It's her one goal and she's getting there. I've been to enough homeowners parties to see that dynamic. And it's the saddest thing. And it makes you gross just to witness it. Oh, to yeah. See this pool of catty women not it's accept just, yeah, others. It's so petty. Yeah. Yeah. Want nothing to do with that. It's fun to watch on TV, especially in like, you know, period costume. Yeah. But growing up in it and especially in modern times to see that level of cattiness just never dies is really sad. We can yeah. do better women. I 
I've never watched an episode of any housewives shows because I can't even stand that kind of stuff. I mean, when it's a show like this, where it's a historical fiction piece, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Oh, these were way better storylines in the Gilded Age. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great season. Love the show. Super good. Looking forward to season two. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. The Fangirl sponsors include Tax Pros an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With five locations in Southern California, TaxPros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at TaxPros, taxprose.com. Fangirls Podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, also Downton Abbey, and soon to be the Gilded Age. You are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL, the link to our store, and all the info will be in the show notes. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you, so connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to we post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms all the information will be in the show notes see you next time see you next time ready for that disclaimer i'm ready we here at the fangirls podcast are not affiliated with the following hbo max the gilded age the cast of the gilded age anything or Downton Abbey, which is Masterpiece Theater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.